Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. What we assess them on is their ability to collect customer data, which is something many brands are very good at. But where they start to fall off is what they do with that data. And again, you listen to what you're saying, which is totally right. But I sit here and I go, yeah, so what is stopping organizations doing this? Creating deep, ongoing relationships with customers is not a one and done process. It's an ongoing process that evolves over time. So hi, everyone. We've got a really interesting guest with us today, Jason Tenpal, who's the CEO and president of a company called Honor, uh, which is an interesting way of spelling it. You actually spelt it O-N-R. Is that is that right, Jason? That is correct. It was short for honor your brand, honor your customers, honor your relationships. Yeah, I love it. So Jason is the president of a customer experience consulting company that he founded back in 2001. He has a BA in political science from uh, University of Toronto and an MA in quantitative methods from York University. And he's a keynote speaker, leader in customer experience transformations in Fortune 500 companies. And the really interesting thing is that Jason's going to be or has launched a book on April the 8th which is called Unbreakable, a proven process for building unbreakable relationships with customers. I've had a look, Jason, and it really looks good. So I thought we'd get you on the show and talk a bit about it, particularly in these post-pandemic days or hopefully getting towards the post-pandemic days. Absolutely. Thank you, Colin, for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Looking forward to talking to you about not only uh, customer experience, but deep, unbreakable relationships. So what was the genesis for the book then, Jason? Why do it and why now? It's a very interesting question, Colin. I think when we look back and see the progression of brands over the last few years, what I was starting to notice is that there was a really a misconception around customer experience. Many people were starting to think that this is just a feel-good exercise. There's no real tangible benefits for the brand. And that's just not the case. For example, we did research with over a thousand brands. And what we found was that only 6% have actually reached the highest level of CX transformation. That means they're really building these unbreakable relationships with customers. And I really wrote the book for the other 94% that are hiring to crack the code on how to build those deeper and profitable customer relationships. And when you say unbreakable, I think it's a really, really good word because, I mean, the way I've always likened it to, I don't know if you remember, uh, there's a guy called Stephen Covey who wrote about the seven habits of highly effective people. He talked about 
building up that sort of emotional bank account. Can you tell me a bit more about when you say unbreakable, why that word and what do you mean by that? It's interesting. Over our 20 years plus of doing this, we really got inside the heads of customers, right? And one of the things we noticed is that relationship between customers and a brand sits along a continuum. On the one side of this continuum is ruptured. And on the other side of this continuum is unbreakable. And brands are often struggling trying to move customers from just being another brand in their consideration set to one that they're exclusively connected to. And really, that's the struggle that brands are in. And that's what they're trying to achieve. Because once you've achieved that unbreakable relationship with customers, what you've done is insulated yourself, insulated yourself from economic downturn, global pandemics, upstart competitors. You're really giving yourself as a brand the runway to take risks and do things differently. The challenge is here is you and I both believe this. And we know that there are lots of organizations out there that have done well. And I think you've talked about a few like um, Apple's my favorite uh, example. But why do you think then other organizations don't see this? Why do you, you know, because for us, I guess it just seems so obvious, doesn't it? It does. And I think one of the real problems that brands face and they just get stuck Right. And what I mean is that they don't CX transformation doesn't gain or maintain momentum so that you get to see the real benefits of a deeper relationship with customers. And the secret to not getting stuck is actually a brand's ability to align their efforts and investments with an associated ROI. Right. And what happens is if you can do that, you're allowed the the runway to achieve momentum, maintain momentum, and actually continue through this transformation process. What we see is many brands over-invest very early in the CX transformation process, and then they're discouraged because they don't see the ROI on that investment, and they quickly lose hope. And so really, it's very important to not get distracted but to maintain that focus on CX transformation. And part of that is knowing the secret of how to align your efforts and expectations for associated ROI. Yeah. How would you go about it? I know that in the book, you're talking about a playbook on how brands can magically get large groups of people. You know, if you were were going into a client now and somebody was interested, what would you be suggesting they do? Well, it's funny that you say that, Colin, because it's every brand is different, right? There's not a one-size-fits-all solution. The first thing you have to do is understand where a brand is at in their CX transformation effort. How far along are they in terms of building unbreakable relationships with customers? And that's really what we call a CX audit right? Where we understand where they are. And not only do we understand where they are, the next important thing is to understand what they need to do in order to level up. Because there's five levels to the CX transformation process. At each level, what a brand is doing is wrapping their hands around their organization, 
You think you're wrapping your hands around the customer. No, you're actually wrapping your hands around the organization and getting it to transform by injecting into the organization customer knowledge. And that's the key. When you understand your customers, what happens is that you can get into their head, understand what their wants, needs, and desires are. And that's really the trick to building unbreakable relationships, like any relationships, even human relationships. The key to strong, unbreakable human relationships is taking the time to get to know your partner or the person you're having a relationship with. It's interesting you talked about leveling up. Can you tell me a bit more about that one? What's the, what do you mean? Leveling up all different parts of the organization to a set level or what? Yeah, absolutely. So leveling up is actually the process of CX transformation. It starts, as I mentioned earlier, but wrapping your hands around the organization. And it really starts with leadership. So level one is really about leadership, getting leadership on board, helping them to understand the role they're going to play in the CX transformation process, then expanding your reach out into the organization. So you bring more and more departments into the CX transformation effort. Finally, you've encapsulated the entire organization and they have the knowledge that necessary to make decisions and take actions that align with the customer's wants, needs, and desires. And the results of that are increased revenue, increased profits, improved organizational efficiency, and finally, improved employee satisfaction. That sounds great. And I like the concept of bringing the different parts of the organization up to up to those different levels. So does that mean by definition, you talked about an assessment? So you would go in and and assess the organization against, I guess, certain criteria of where where they are. Yeah. It's funny, Colin. The thing that we thought this would be a complex idea, but it's actually not. What we assess them on is their ability to collect customer data, which is something many brands are very good at. Where they start to fall off is what they do with that data. So the next aspect is, once they collect it, can they transform it into real, insightful customer knowledge? And then, do they effectively share that knowledge across the organization from leadership down to the frontline employees and everywhere in between? And then the third part is acting. Are they able to get their organization, all the folks that across the organization, to integrate that customer knowledge into the actions that they're taking? Because if you do, you organically align the entire organization around the customer. And that, at the end of the day, ensures that you're you're walking hand in hand building that strong relationship with the customer because you know them so well. And is this, I know in the book you talk about your methodology, collect, share, and act, I think it is. Is that the essence of what you're talking about there? That's exactly the essence of what I'm talking about. And at every level of CX transformation, you're improving your brand's ability to collect the right CX data to share that knowledge that you acquire from that very important data across your organization. And you're in, you're improving your ability to get your employees to act and take action based on the knowledge that they've acquired about the customer. So all of that seems eminently sensible. 
<laughs> and again, you listen to what you're saying, which is totally right. But I sit here and I go, yeah, so what is stopping organizations yeah. doing this? You know, it feels like organizations collect data because they need to tick in a box that says we need we need to collect data, but they don't actually do anything with no. it. And that's it's funny because we have no shortage of data today, Colin. There's data floating around all over the air. Digital interactions allows us to track more behavioral data about customers than ever before. Transactional data is deeper and richer than ever before. So the problem isn't the data. The problem is what we do with the data. And one of the issues we found is that brands, they actually get distracted. They lose their way because they're so busy thinking and ingesting and learning and thinking about other imperatives, they lose track of prioritizing the customer. And because they lose track of prioritizing the customer, a lot of this data gets used for what we would call less important priorities. And some of these less important priorities can be things like cost savings, right? Internal efficiency, these are things that are considered cost savings, right? We, they can be distracted by, ooh, digital. This is a cool new medium. Or social. This is an interesting way. Or even COVID, right? A global pandemic. Nothing can distract you more than a global pandemic, as we found out about a year ago. But all these things have gotten the brand focus away from the customer and what CX transformation is all about is reorienting the brand to shift its focus back to the customer, right? That's really the battle here. It's not anything else other than prioritization at the end of the day. We talked about this at the beginning before we started the recording today. But the thing that drives me around the bend, as my audience will know, is when software companies go in and go, we have the answer. <laughs> Uh, all you need to do is to implement this piece of software and then you'll be fine. You've done customer experience. I'm sure everyone's heard me banging on about it, but what's your view? Oh, Colin, you're in my head. Get out of my head, Colin. <laughs> Seriously, though, you're, you're absolutely right. Technology solves technology problems. Customer relationships are human problems, right? You need yeah. humans to solve human problems. And at the end of the day, I think brands have been accustomed. So I'll give you a little bit of my philosophical view on this. Sure. When we look at brands today, when you look at digital transformation and you look at digital and the unbelievable transformation that took place in businesses starting in the year 2000, really it brands and leadership became obsessed with technology. And then lo and behold, 2008 hits. And what happened? They took technology and changed it to use it in one specific way. Technology had lots of potential uses. What they did though, is because of 2008 and because of the downturn in, in the economy, they applied technology to fix cost consumption and organizational efficiency issues. So they started using technology simply to save money. And that mindset has really permeated brands. It was successful in, from 2008 onwards in terms of saving the brand money, absolutely. So what they now 
have learned, right, is that, oh, if I have a problem, what's my answer? Every single time they go back to the same trick, which is let's apply technology to it. Let's apply technology to it. And the technology they're applying is simply saying, hey, let's go in, assess the problem, build a tool, give people a tool. They should know how to, what to do with it, how to implement it, what knowledge to garner from it, and the problem solved. Now, as the brand, I'm thinking, okay, I solved this problem. Let me go on to the next problem. But the problem of all of this approach is, is that customer relationships and creating deep ongoing relationships with customers is not a one and done process. It's an ongoing process that evolves over time, like any relationship. So if you look at your human relationships and you look at your brand relationships, the approach is very different. Brands are seeing, looking at it as a problem that needs to be solved. When humans' relationships are all about getting to know you better, understanding you, empathizing with you, understand your wants, needs, and desires. And so the mindset of leadership really needs to change to embrace the fact that customers are your lifeblood. And having a deep, unmovable relationship with them should be your first priority. It just feels to me, though, that that organizations get obsessed with cost-cutting. If I look at some of the various transformations, that digital transformations that have taken place, they have, I can think of a number of examples where organizations have automated a human aspect of an experience that actually the customer values. And therefore, it's, you know, declined the value that they are gaining from it because they've digitized it. Now, they may have saved a few dollars by not having somebody in a contact center to to deal with that. They just don't seem to look at it from a holistic and from that sort of humanizing sense that, again, you're talking about. Yeah, Colin, and you're right. That's exactly what happens. And the reason why it happens is cost savings is easy to measure. It took me 24 employees to do this before. Now it's taking me 12. It's a very easy mathematical equation. Understanding the impact on a customer is much more difficult than a nuanced measurement. That's why you need experts to to let them understand, here's what your customers' wants, needs, and desires are. And you know what? A lot of brands are just chipping away at that relationship one chip at a time. And eventually, there's going to be one final straw and the whole relationship falls over. But brands are literally, they're walking on the precipice. Brands, what you see, COVID kind of really accentuated that issue. And here's why, Colin. When you look at what happened during COVID, there was two types of brands. Brands that were wholly prepared and ready to jump into digital transformation, even if they weren't there. Those brands that are already digitally transformed and were already very capable digitally, and those brands that were resistant in investing to digital, right, experience. And what happened is the ones that were resistant immediately went bankrupt. There's a laundry list of, and you can look at retail especially, a laundry list of retailers that just fell by the wayside immediately as the pandemic started. But what these brands that just jumped in to the digital transformation ocean are going to find is what the folks that have already been there for an extended period of time have already learned. Digital transformation is not enough to separate 
you from your competitors. It's only by aligning digital and CX transformation can a brand really create a distinctive experience and relationship with a brand. And so a lot of folks are going to have invested over the last year and they're waiting to see their ROI. Unfortunately, they're going to be disappointed because unless you've aligned your CX and digital transformation efforts, you're not going to see what we call the long-term sustainable relationships really taking place. As you were talking, Jason, I, I was thinking about a conversation I was having with a client yesterday. They had sort of done a lot of internal work on internal values and stuff like that, and they'd rolled that out. They had then started to do some work on improving their customer experience, but it wasn't getting the same level of commitment or the same level of importance placed upon it. You know as well as I do being a consultant, one thing you get to do is you get to say your baby's ugly. And that's important sort of feedback for uh, any organization to see from somebody outside that hasn't got an axe to grind. In your view, therefore, if I was talking to a CEO and say, look, what you need to do is you need to go from rapture to unbreakable. You need to create unbreakable experiences with your customers. I'm sure he or she would say, you're totally right, let's do it, because which person in their right mind wouldn't. But again, I'm sure you're faced, as we are, with that sort of dichotomy of the difference between the thought process, yes, we should do that, and the action. So d- I hope I'm making sense here. Yeah. I end up with a question, by the way. So my, <laughs> <laughs> my, my question is, so how do you overcome that? How do you, how do you move that along? Because I'm sure in, in, you know, if you've been doing since is 2001, you must have had lots of, lots of instances where the intention of improving the experience has not actually met up with the action of people physically going off and doing stuff. It's funny that you say that because in our book, we actually talked to Adam, an executive at J.P. Morgan Chase, right. and he really highlighted this point. And during their CX transformation journey, what they re- he really talked about was how do you turn that off-the-field practice and preparation to on-the-field execution, right? And really... In a nutshell, Colin, what you're really referring to is that real divide between, yeah, I want to do this. Then the next step is creating the training and development to make it work so that in the real world, you can actually execute against it effectively. And in order to be able to do that, Adam pointed squarely at leadership. This is something that comes from Jamie Diamond all the way down at J.P. Morgan Chase. And if you have that strong leadership that understands the value of unbreakable customer relationships and supports these efforts, it just makes acquiring and maintaining momentum that much easier. The second piece of that, obviously, is having the right North Star that guides the brand's decisions and actions. So Danny, who led the effort at Adobe, which was transforming from a product to a subscription service, he really put it right when he said in our interview that you really need a North Star. And that North Star for Adobe was ARR, Annual Recurring 
revenue. And once you got the brand to associate and gather around that whole imperative that we have to move ARR and everything in our brand and every decision, every action we take is against ARR. And that's our sort of way to the promised land. Then things started to take off. But unless you have that metric that really can guide your transformation efforts, you're going to struggle. And finally, Deb from Intel, a huge client that we've worked with for many years, said very much that the make or break element of CX transformation is leadership. If your leadership is not willing to roll their sleeves up and get involved and nurture CX transformation, it's going to fail. Why? Because this is a top-down initiative. It's not a grassroots initiative. And leadership has to be involved. That means they have to know and understand what unbreakable relationships will give them and help guide the organization and lead the organization effectively. Yeah, I totally agree. And leadership is absolutely the key. I have to say, you know, one of the things that we say to our clients is, if you're not serious, then don't bother, don't waste your time because it's just you're going to cause more problems than you are going to make any gains if the leadership are, are not serious. We like to finish this Jason, with with a bit of practical advice. So is there any, other than the practical advice of go and buy your book, which I would encourage people to do, is there any practical tips that you would give people to take away and start thinking about and doing? Absolutely. So let's look back at COVID for a second and look at the industries that were so greatly affected. In travel, for example, you had the airline industries, you had brands that when COVID first hit, they refused to answer the phone right? And then there are other brands like Air France who were picking up the phone on the first ring. These things have long-term impact on customers and how customers perceive your brand. A second thing to look at is that, look, medical industry was shot to the forefront and was really our first line of defense against COVID. And doctors, pharmacies, and hospitals had to adapt very quickly, right? To stem the tide of COVID. Even businesses that like yours and mine, there was a decision to make. Are we going to let people work remotely or are we going to keep them coming into the office, right? And now that the pandemic is starting to slow down, there's more decisions that have to be made. And all of these decisions impact and influence the customer. And in order to make the right decisions, you have to have the right customer knowledge. And in order to CX transform, guess what? You need, as we mentioned earlier, the foundation is leadership. But the second part to that process is also investment, knowing what to invest, when to invest, and how to invest to ensure that through your CX transformation process, you're seeing ROI all the way. And ROI is growing at each level of the CX transformation process. And third point and final point I want to make is pace. It's 
all about getting the balance right. The problem with CX transformation sometimes is that brands start too quickly and want to do everything in one day, thinking they can conquer this in one day. And then they overinvest early, right? And then when they don't see the returns right away because of this significant investment, they lose hope. So it's important to get the balance right and understand if you move too fast, or move too slow, there has consequences. So if I was to plug the book, theoretically, Colin, I'd yeah. say the book helps you answer these challenges and these tips that so that you can make better decisions as a brand to build those unbreakable relationships. The trouble about a podcast is you can't see my head nodding furiously uh, in agreement with you. So <laughs> this is great. And again, grab the book. It's got loads of insights on how you can improve your experience and, and build those unbreakable relationships with customers. So Jason, this has been really, really excellent. So thank you very much for coming on the, the show. If people want to get hold of you, then how do they how do they do that? Ah, oh, Colin, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I love talking to you. Sometimes it's nice to talk shop when we when great minds align, right? So, right. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to reach out to us, your honorcx.com is the organization. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Jason Tenpow, and we're happy to have a conversation with you about building these unbreakable relationships with your customers. And Jason, honorcx.com is O-N-R, correct? Yes, O-N-R-C-X dot com. Brilliant. Excellent. Jason, thanks very much for coming on the show. I hope to see your book in the bestsellers columns. Thank you, Colin. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Cheers. Cheers. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.